My name's Bobby Walker with Journey of a New Entrepreneur, and I've got one message for you. Don't be a bitch! What is going on, everybody? It's Bobby Walker here with the Journey of a New Entrepreneur podcast coming at you with my good friend, Royce Ard today. But before we get to Royce, we got to do all the cool stuff. First off, welcome to the NBZ. You heard me right. The No Bitch Zone. What's a bitch? Well, we could call him a victim. It's just more fun to call him a bitch. But basically, a bitch is someone that doesn't pursue their goals or their dreams because of what other people may say, think, or do because of their own internal fears. And a bitch is also someone that blames other people for their lack of success. So this is the no bitch zone. So if all you do is cry about the $99 guy, this show ain't for you. And if you blame other people for your mistakes or your problems, just just turn it off because you're just going to get mad and mad and madder at me the longer this show goes on. But, but for those of you that live in the NBZ, I want to give you a big welcome, a big virtual hug and say thank you for joining us again. Now, let's get on to like my most exciting part of the show is our sponsor, Responsa Bid. Why is it exciting? Well, first off, I got Royce. Royce, what do you think Responsa Bid in, in three seconds or less? Game changer. Game changer. I love it. I love it. I know Royce fairly well, partially because of Responsive Bid. Well, not even partially. Uh, Kurt. Yeah, yeah, that's how we met. Yeah, Kurt, the CEO, was like, dude, you've got to meet this guy. So we met at the very first ResponsaCon. I don't know, what was that, three, four years ago? And that was pretty cool. And, And I think at the end of the day, I think Royce would agree with me, is that, guys, Responsive Bid is the ultimate selling tool for the home service industry. It's the ultimate selling tool for the home service industry. So if I could just say, um, if you want to increase your sales, if you want to increase your close rate, if you want to increase your average ticket price, and if you want to make it easier for yourself, just check out Responsive Bid. It's got a million and one features. It's a very powerful tool. I couldn't go into all of it right now. But if you want to increase your sales, increase your average ticket, increase your close rates, and make it easier on you, go to J-N-E-Bid. Dot com. So that's J-N-E, like Journey of a New Entrepreneur, B-I-D, like responsibid.com. So go to J-N-E-Bid.com. And if you do, Journey of a New list, uh, Journey of a New Listener, I don't even know what I'm saying. Journey of a New Entrepreneur listeners get an exclusive free month of service. You get a special rate. You don't get it anywhere else unless you listen to my show and know my code. Why? I don't know. Just because I'm a pretty good negotiator if I say so myself. So anyway, check it out. JanieBid.com. And that's it. So guys, we're going to get into the show right now. I got my friend Royce Ard. And let me tell you, Royce reached out to me the other day and he said, Bobby, I got this cool thing that I, I, uh, I want to share with some people. And I was hoping that you could get me on your show. And he was still talking and I'm like, done. You don't even got to say anything else, Royd. And he, Royce, I keep calling him Royd. It's, it's Royce Ard. And for some reason, my brain keeps <laughs> keeps smashing them together. I said, you don't got to do anything else, Royce. I owe you. And the reason I owe this guy, and let me, let me brag on him for a second before he gets to talk. But uh, from uh, most of you know, if you're listening to the show, my wife has a home service business. And my wife, uh, kind of like myself, we weren't the natural entrepreneurs in life. We were the late bloomers. And I, d- I stepped out and started doing my thing first and uh you know kind of started getting over my my fears and all this stuff and self-limiting beliefs well my wife 
after my business had started for, I don't know, two-ish years, three years down the road, uh, my wife decided to start a business. It's a long story, but she decides to start one, and she's dealing with all of her internal fears, and she doesn't know what she's going to do, and she, she lands on a home service business, and we knew Royce a little bit, and I reached out and said, Royce, would you mind, could you help a brother out, you know, maybe get on a call with us? And he goes, I've got one better. He goes, come up to our shop check this thing out. You can look under the hood. We'll give you anything we got. And uh, so my wife and I drove up to Royce's place and got to hang out with him and his wife and, you know, do some fun stuff like dinner and also get to just look under the hood. And, and uh, he was very gracious. And, and uh, bro, I, I owe you forever. You've been so good to us. So we're, we're good. We're even. Uh, well, always even. I don't know about that, but I, yeah, I'm forever grateful. So thank you, Royce, for being a great friend before we became friends. If that, if you understand what I mean by that, and uh, and I enjoy our friendship. So, uh, and I would say, Bobby, too, just to that remark is at some point in time in your career, whether you've made a bunch of money, whether you've created the the ultimate job that you wanted, if you it doesn't matter how big you've gotten, but at some point in time, um, you're going to say, "I've made it." Yeah. And when you say I've made it at that point in time, bring everybody else with you. I love it. Yep. That's, that's the most important part at that, at that time. And uh, most people in these industries in the home services industries are bringing people along as they, as they grow. Mm -hmm. I mean, you are, you do it every day, every time you do this podcast. Yep. And I think that's probably one of the most important things um, that you can do in life is um, you, you know, at the end of the day, the tally is not how much money you have in the bank. It's how many people you brought with you. Uh, amen how, how about that how about a big old period at the end of that i love it and, and you're right and you know my uh my friend mike dalkey you know he talks about uh, uh there's a philosophy and a principle that he he lives by and i've really I'm, I'm adapting it into my life which is always value the relationship over the transaction and always invest in the relationship and in the person and the the transactions kind of take care of themselves at that point and um uh you know you could copy that with zig ziglar's you know if you help enough other people get what they want you can have anything you want and and uh for me and i think you're the same way i think you and i are very very similar is it's just like we found something really cool that's impacted and changed our lives and we're just kind of like saying hey man the grass is greener over here or the, yeah. the water's, you know, come on in. The water's fine, but get over here with us because it's awesome. So that's that's why I love you and I appreciate you. Now, let me give a spoiler for what we're going to talk about because, frankly, uh, Royce has a, guys, he has an agenda for this this episode. He wants to get some information to you. and But it's but let me let me tell you something. He doesn't want to sell you anything. He actually kind of wants to just give you some free money. And uh, so, so the teaser is, Royce said, hey, I know about a, a grant opportunity for some people, and, and he doesn't get anything out of it. It's just some cool stuff that's going on. So we're going to get into that in a little bit because that's going to be super cool. But before we do, I want to uh, – I just want to – do the typical JNE show with you, Royce, and just kind of learn that about awesome. you and your business and all that good stuff. So, so let me kind of stop talking for a second and just ask you, why don't you give us the elevator pitch of who you are? And uh, I say elevator pitch, it can be longer than that, but, but who the hell is Royce Ard and, and family and, and, and why are you an entrepreneur and, and how easy was it for you the entire time? So um, I came up <clears throat> from a family of entrepreneurs. My dad was actually a crop duster. So you see those crazy guys flying around in the planes. That was my yep. dad. So I grew up in a small business, um, 
over time, my dad said, Hey, you know, this is a lot of work. I think I'm going to get a fishing boat. So, so my first piece at, at business where I was actually in charge was a uh, captain on a charter boat. Awesome. So that goes way, way back. Mm-hmm. But, um, we went to Florida state, um, you know, got a degree in multinational business, decided to go off and change the world, moved to Atlanta. And I was in the tech industries for a long time. Um, my, uh, my sort of my last real job was, um, as VP of sales and marketing at a cable TV company mm-hmm. and a big publicly traded company. Um, and, um, you know, when I was done with that, I said, I'm sort of done. You know, I, I want to go off. I, I want to still do things like that, but I want it to be a lot more entrepreneurial. Yeah. We knew we moved to a smaller town from Atlanta during this. And we knew at some point in time that that company would be sold and it was sold in 2012 and we would have a kid in high school. There was no way around it just because of the age of our, of our kids. And so we started a handyman business. Mm-hmm. And there was really, you know, there was, it, we, we sort of bought in on the whole thing of um, it's a very, um, it's, it's not unlike the pressure washing business or the window washing business, where there's a lot of folks out there doing it out of the back of their truck, yep. but no one had professionalized it. And we learned a lot in it. Um, we had a, a difficult time scaling it. Part of it's because of the size of the town. Part of it's because um, the nature of that business is. You, you got to do everything. Yeah. You, it's very difficult to find somebody and train them. You have mm-hmm. to find people who are trained. And, um, and so, uh, we had an opportunity to sell it and we ended up selling it in, um, I think 2017. Um, but we had it for, um, a little over 10 years Oh wow! along the route there. Um, and, and my wife ran that, that was her business. So mm-hmm. her, um, her name is Tamara. So I'll just, yeah, Tamara is kind of name. a, she's kind of a badass in my, in my book. <laughs> <laughs> so Tamara, uh, her background went to Florida state. She uh, is a social worker, okay? So, and you might go, man, how do you get from social worker to um, to entrepreneur? Social workers do, I mean, entrepreneurs do social work every day. A lot of it's like case management where you're trying to help somebody. You know, if you look at our profession and what, and I haven't gotten to what we do today, but um, in the home services business, if you would look at your job as a helping professional, and not as a siding repair guy. Yeah, I think you would find that um, that it's 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 as much of a descriptive term as what you actually do, mm-hmm. because um, there are, there are people who can't be in the homes that they're in without a home services professional helping them. Mm-hmm. Okay, and you make I mean I, I mean we all see it where you go out and you do some work for somebody, you feel good, you got paid. But actually, the customer is much more happier than you are because you help them solve a problem. Okay, so so we're all helping professionals. So going back, her background is a social worker. Um, so anyway, in 2013, once I actually had left the, uh, the uh, cable business and was sort of wandering around, uh, she wanted to start uh, a house cleaning business, a maid business. We'll, yep. we'll call it a maid business because I know a lot of times that gets confusing with um, with pressure washing. Yeah. Um, so, um, so, so we started a maid business and, uh, I liked it because a maid business is recurring revenue. Yes. I knew recurring revenue. Cable TV is a recurring revenue business. So just real so, briefly to interrupt you, give, give the, just someone that may not understand the concept, what is recurring, recurring revenue? Yeah. So, um, so when you go out and you have a handyman business and you go out and you repair, um, someone's siding, 
you, that's a one-time job. You're uh-huh. not going to go back and repair that, you know, siding again for a long time, probably. In uh, reoccurring or recurring revenue, that's a job that you're going to do every two weeks or every month, or you know, yeah. I guess you could probably say every six months. But it's a it's a system where I can look at, at what we have on the books. I can look at our, you know, what I have on the schedule, and I can predict what we're going to do next month. Yeah. Now, a lot of home service. If you sell nothing, if you sell nothing, right. I don't you know what anything. you can do next month. I, yeah. I don't have to sell anything. I can, in January one, I can tell you probably what I'm going to do um, for the year, mm-hmm. uh, and and I can make just a couple of assumptions about you know what our losses are going to be, what our gains are going to be. Uh, but it's a very, very predictable business. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you know, at some point in time, if you ever want to talk about the math behind a reoccurring business, it's really very interesting because there's things you can do to, you can, I can do a budget in my head mm-hmm. because, um, you know, some of the things that you can do, it's very, actually very quick and very easy to put together a budget for a recurring business. Well, let's, let's do a, a because, so I don't want to get too far in the weeds. Let's do another episode. It just kind of yeah. nerding out on that because I think there's yeah. a lot of listeners that would enjoy that. So yeah, it is it's very interesting. And and you can apply it to any any company. So um so so we started a maid business. And over time, the maid business overtook the handyman business. And um, and then we sold the, the handyman business and decided this was the path we were going to go down because we enjoyed it a lot more. There is a reason why maid businesses were some of the first franchises. Because it's a very scalable business. It's a very predictable business. So we really like it. Yep. And, um, and we've seen a lot of people you know, with huge success you know, because of it. Now, getting into the, you know, don't complain if, you know, if you're going to talk about the $99 guy. <laughs> if you want to get in the weeds and, t- and you just feel bad and you want to complain, the barrier to entry in the maid business is about $25. Yeah, it's as low as it gets. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but... Because, um, you know, you don't even have to have your own supplies. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, you literally just need some cloths so that you can show up at a customer's house and use their supplies. Yep. So that's something that we have to get over very quickly on day one because um, it's just, you know, our we don't view those as competitors. There's I, Out of all of the, the cleaning businesses in our town, I view three or four as real competitors because they have the ability to scale up. They have the ability to hire people. Um, and actually compete for the work. Um, the small person, they may do a, I mean, there's, there's a lot of small cleaners that do a fantastic job. Mm-hmm. They are going to, they have, they have built themselves an awesome job. Okay. Yeah. Like, which is great. I mean, that's, that's perfect for the right situation. If that's what you want. They're there's not there's no, not damn not thing wrong. With that's it. right. No, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. You know, because, you know, a lot of these folks are $10 an hour people. They're now making $50,000 a year with their own, with their own company. Yeah doing it themselves. I, I mean, you can't knock that. And, and, uh, you know, you need good competitors in an industry. I mean, you need, you need people who are doing a, a good job, not just you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So you, uh, so you've been, ki- I mean, I, I'm not going to bring up numbers. I know some, cause you've shared with me, but I'll just say this, you've been killing it with the made made space. And we, you- we are, I would say, I mean, just to be fair there, we, we are on the small side of a large yep. made company. Okay. So, um, and, and, a, a large made company does about a million dollars a year and up. Mm-hmm. So we're not quite there. Um, and uh, some of that we're limited to our, our, our market. We're not in a giant market. Yep. We're in a, in a, um, a sort of a second or third tier city, um, not a suburb of, of Atlanta or anything like that. 
Um, there's also a piece of where at some point in time you look at your market and you say, do I want to continue to grow or do I want to get profitable? Mm -hmm. You know, and, and there's choices that you can make. There's levers you can pull where you don't necessarily add a lot more clients over time, but you become a lot more profitable. Yeah. And I think that's probably in the evolution of our business. That's where we are right now. Yep. I still want to grow and we'll still grow here. But um, but we also will probably grow in another market. That's probably what mm -hmm. we'll end up doing to really get substantial growth. Well, let me tell you what I love about what you've got going and why I'm going to say you're absolutely killing it is you've uh, essentially, essentially, uh, at the very least, you know, you've created a business that runs without your involvement every day. And yeah, we probably have automated our business yeah. as much or more than anybody. Yeah, you, you know, Royce, uh, he's been teasing me with these photos and he's he's bought this new just awesome trailer you know travel trailer and he and the wife are just they're just traveling the country and and you know they're basically living that laptop lifestyle that that everyone dreams about and i love it man and i'm jealous and i'm proud of you and i'm happy for you so and if you want to talk about commitment too we sold our house i mean yeah. that's our house i mean so um, yeah <laughs> so it. It, it's really nice and uh, i tell people our our travels look sort of like a flower and each time we go out the, the center of the flowers are our home base uh, where we come back and we you know check on the business um, because we've been, we've only been doing this. We've been, we sold our house in December, so it's been four months. Yeah. Um, so we go out and we travel four five, six, you know, eight hours away. And then we circle back and mm -hmm. we come back to home base and then we do it again. And over time, the pedals get larger, you know, as we're, as we're happy to go farther out. Um, so, you know, we're still with the pandemic there, you know, there, there, there are still some, some industries are, are blowing it out. And some are still struggling a little bit. The the maid business is one that um, we get really good starts and then we get, you know, bumps in the road. Yeah. Um, so our problem right now is not the amount of business that we have, but actually being able to hire people. Yep. So um, one of the 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 victims of um, of the pandemic is actually uh, women in the workforce. About 20 to 30 percent of all women have left the workforce wow. now. If you say 30% of the women left the workforce, that's probably 80% of the people who are going to work for us. Mm -hmm. So where we used to send out um, and we used to, we used to run an ad and get two, three, 400 replies in 10 days. Uh, the last one we ran, we had um, 25 replies. Wow. So, wow. so we're, that's, that's our struggle right now. So it's still a hundred percent related to the pandemic. It's just presenting yep. itself a different way right now. So I think we'll probably be, sort of in this, in this situation, you know, trying to fight our way out for probably another six months or so yeah. before I would say, Hey, we're back to normal. Let me ask you a question that I think will be a great, great topic for the listeners here. You, uh, you were mentioning the, the low barrier to entry. And like I said, at the top of the show, you know, the NBZ is not a place for people that complain about the quote unquote, $99 guy. So when I say $99 guy, for those that don't understand, the industry that I'm currently mostly involved in is pressure washing. So everyone will get mad at the guy that says $99 any sized house. You know, he's the cheap guy, right? So Royce, as you said, you really struggle with that even more because the barrier to entry to get into pressure washing is very, very low, but then it's the floor just drops out for someone that would want to get into a maid service like what you have or like what my wife has. 
what have you done or how have you overcome? Because you clearly have. How have you overcome that battle and how have you chosen to live in the NBZ instead of just complain about the market being too cheap? What, what have you done to overcome that and be successful? Well, first thing you have to realize is there's different segments of the market. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the $99 segment does not necessarily, some of those folks are never going to step up and be in your, in your market. Yeah. Um, so, so you just ignore that. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, there are some people that with some education and, you know, you can bring them up with you. Okay. Problem is you don't know which ones, you know, th- yeah. th- those yeah. guys are. So, um, so the first thing that we do is we do a fantastic job. We do a quality <clears throat> job. Okay. Um, and then, and, and we check our, you know, we check our work. We, um, we use a, a, a piece of software called quality driven software mm-hmm. that sends out a survey after every cleaning, um, and that we make sure that the, the, uh, the cleanings are good. Okay. Um, and then we react to those. The other piece that I think a lot of people don't realize, uh, especially you and I, Bobby, because we don't care. We'll say, we'll talk to whoever and, 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 and we'll, we'll, we'll choose some, butt when butt needs to be, yeah. chewed. <laughs> but there are a lot of folks out there who don't want a confrontation yeah. with someone. Yeah. Yep. And if they are working directly with a cleaner, so an individual, if there's a problem, they have no recourse because they're not going to talk to them. Mm-hmm. They're not going to tell them they're doing a poor job. Okay. So by being a company, we step in the middle there. So we, you know, so for that person, yeah, they may, they may like that $99 price, but they would rather deal with somebody else in case there's ever an issue, they can shoot an email, you know, and then we respond to it because really our, what we tell our, um, our folks, and especially anybody on the phone or anybody with customer contact is the customer's always right. Okay. Now, we know sometimes the customer is, you know, technically yeah. wrong, but we're going to chase all those, all those issues until we decide that, that may be true. Yeah. So, um, and what we have found is nine out of 10 times, maybe nine and a half out of 10 times, the customer was right. Mm-hmm. We could have fixed things by just clearing up expectations sometimes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so maybe we did as, as good a job as that could, that could have been done. But had we told the client, hey, we can't get your ceiling fan clean with a duster because it's going to have to be hand washed, that expectation would have made a happy client instead of someone who's expecting that that ceiling fan looked oh, like it was brand new. That's a, you know what? If we can just kind of dive into that little, let's, let's give a little customer service nugget to some guys, especially newer people that may not get it. And this is a great principle you may do it yourself if you're an owner operator but it's something you need to drive into your uh your employee's mind as well is when something goes wrong like that whether it's in your example of we can't get this uh this um ceiling fan clean or in our example maybe the guys broke a potted plant in the background or a, a this or that um it's really important that you let your customer know right then hey here's what's going on because if you just clean and leave and then don't communicate with them, when they reach out to you and say, hey, Royce, this fan's still dirty. And then you say, oh, yeah, by the way, yada, yada, yada. Well, now it just looks like you're making an excuse for a bad job done. Absolutely. But if you address it while you're there, hey, Mr. Customer, this fan can't get get clean because of X, Y, and Z. 
now all of a sudden you're someone that you addressed it early on you made sure that expectation was what it needed to be and at the very least right or wrong now you're not viewed as someone that's just making up an excuse for a bad job now i hate to go too far down the rabbit hole but it ties in i know you talk a lot about responsibility mm-hmm. and everybody out there's responsibility is a sale a selling system mm-hmm. okay I'm going to challenge that. Responsibit is a great selling system, but responsibit is an even better customer service system. All right. And and this is what I'm going to say. We know that um, because, I mean, we tracked it. The number one complaint that we used to get was after a big cleaning, first time cleaning, that um, dust would resettle. Okay. Mm -hmm. And and the way what happens is if a house hasn't been professionally cleaned in a while, you go in, you clean it. Um, you can dust something three or four times uh, and then, you know, you leave and dust resettles. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you know, that afternoon the customer gets home, they didn't even dust my, you know, room. It's more evident because you've polished like a, uh, a dining room table. So when that dust resettles in the sunlight, man, you just yeah. stands out, you know? Um, so here's what we do. This is uh this is going to be the, the $100 nugget for responsive today is, don't forget that once the job has been completed, that responsive bid can still work for you. Mm. So in our case, what we did is we created a, an email that goes out after the first cleaning. And, uh, and it comes out and it says, hey, I want to thank you for letting us clean your house today. I really appreciate it. Um, if your house hasn't been professionally cleaned in a while, I want to tell you, you know, about dust resettling. Mm-hmm. And we explain what's going to happen. It went from number one on our on our complaint list to zero. I mean, wow. like we don't get it. Um, and so it it's all about creating expectations. So you know, of course, you know, breaking things to your point, and it's the same in our industry. Is you need to call people and say, hey, you know, mm-hmm. oh, I broke this or whatever, and we you know we'll replace it or whatever you want us to do. But there are things that you know, and this is this is sort of my philosophy on customer service. And we were talking about this not too long ago about a, uh, something that happened with me at Disney. I know you're a big Disney guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The, the, the difference between good customer service and great customer service is that you don't wait for the customer service problem to happen. You get ahead of it before it even happens. Because we all know, you know, in your industry, the top three or four or five things that can go wrong, you know, mm-hmm. I know in the top three or four or five things that can go wrong. Okay. Don't wait for those to happen and then react to try to fix them. Yep. Because to your point, it comes up like you're, you know, trying to you know, make an excuse, create a system so that you're able to address those before they happen, or at least when it happens that they already have the knowledge that it's going to happen. Yeah. Okay. couple of examples. Um, so um, like showing up on time, you should, you know, we, we should always show up on time. However, um, if you want me to be on time to every job, I have to put so much space between jobs that when I come, come across a problem, um, I can't, you know, I, I, I would have time to fix it before I went to my next job. Mm-hmm. So that's not feasible, right? Financially. Yep. So what we do is we have windows, right? And so we we have a window that we can um, we can arrive an hour on either side of the the appointment time, and a two hour window is a pretty good window. Um, most people can live with that pretty well. 
if you don't address the fact that you work with windows, that, that that's, you know, that, that appointment time you can, um, you can arrive earlier or later. Yep. Then when you show up 15 minutes late, customers pissed yep. because you were late when in fact you're 45 minutes within your window. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. So those are the kind of things that I think if you want to take your business from being a good customer service business into a great customer service business is eliminate the issues completely. Mm -hmm. the, the dusting issues ours. Okay. Um, you know, if, if, if in the pressure washing business, um, you know, I, I know sometimes, and I'm just going to make this up because my, my experience in that is, you know, more things I've done, not, not what I've had a service, but when you pressure wash a window or around a window, water can seep in under the window yep. and you may miss that when yep. you check the house. So that might be the follow-up that you send whether it's an email or it's a uh, voicemail blast or whatever that you say, you know, we tried to check your house to make sure everything was taken care of. I, I would prefer if you would just walk around your house today. And if you see where maybe some water seeped under the windows that you can wipe that before it's a, a bigger issue. Mm -hmm. We think we got them all, but we might've missed one. So here goes, here's an issue where, um, if a customer finds that, they're probably going to be pissed mm -hmm. to, man, these guys are on the ball. They're on top Not of only it. Yep. Have they told me about it, but they know what the issues are before they even happen. Yeah. Love so it. that's, I believe that's my philosophy on customer service. So if we wanted to dumb it down and like turn it into just one little phrase, I think what we're saying is managed expectations with your customers go a long, long way on satisfaction. Oh, absolutely. That's, that's the key to satisfaction. Yeah. And we probably even make it even the key to satisfaction in the home services business is managing expectations. Yep. Agreed. I couldn't, couldn't agree more. And, uh, so Royce, you, you've mentioned, uh, briefly, you know, ex, uh, expansion, what, what entrepreneurial ideas and endeavors do you got coming up in the future here? Uh, we probably will just, I mean, we'll probably just open another, um, uh, another made business somewhere mm -hmm. else. One of the things that's happened is, you know, we've created all this automation and, and I, I've got some stuff I haven't even shown you that you, you just think is just the coolest thing ever. Um, and it would allow us to open an office and run it from our main office and still be really, really engaged nice. in, the local, in the local office. Um, and so what it'll allow us to do from that standpoint is leverage the money that we spend on customer service and admin. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it makes break even point is very, very small. So, um, so we can, we can get to cash flow positive pretty easily. Love it. Love it. So well, I'm going to pick a place I'm traveling around, right? You're just going to find the right one. Huh? Place that I, I would like to go to and visit on a regular basis, probably water involved. Yep. Either that or college football <laughs> and, um, yeah. and, um, you know, and find and open an office there. So, um, you know, we're the natural is Atlanta, but I, I think we'll stay out of Atlanta because we don't, even though I live there for 10, 12 years, I don't understand Atlanta. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I don't, I've never had a, a kind of business where I had to worry about drive times and things like that. Yeah. But I do understand these second and th third tier cities, um, that look like the city that I'm in. Nice. So, um, so that's, it'll probably be something like that. Cool. Cool. I love it. Well, Let's let's transition a little bit and let's let's change gears and talk about uh, let's get some people's attention. Free money. Let's talk about that stuff. So, uh, what what do we got going on with the you know you, you mentioned there's a grant idea. Just take it away on on this thing. So, um, 
you and I are both customers of Jobber. Yep. And um, you, but, you but know, you, maybe you should take a second and describe what Jobber is, just so people. Okay, so know. Jobber's Jobber is the scheduling software, but they are, it, it's a lot more than that. It does invoicing, it does customer follow up, it lets lets them know that we're coming, all those different things. Mm-hmm. It's sort of the the enterprise level software that a home service business runs their business yeah. from. Yeah, it's the CRM um, that, that yes, that the we CRM, use, yeah. so to speak. Okay. Um, so, so Jobber's one of them. There's there's several out there. Mm-hmm. They all have their you know, their pluses and minuses. You'll have to you know. And we were talking about you know recommending CRMs like this. And mm-hmm. I always say the same thing. You have to find the one that fits your business the best. Yep. You know, Jobber fits our business the best. We've been with them. Actually, I think at the time, Bobby, this is interesting. Is I think we had the same number of employees that they have when we started. When we became oh wow, customer. yeah. I mean, they had like. <laughs> They had like 12 people or 14 people. Mm-hmm. Of course, now they have like 300 and I've mm-hmm. got 14 people. <laughs> but um, uh, I mean, they, they've just they've just done wonders. But we've been with them a long, long time. Um, part of that, because I have been with them um, for, for many, many years, uh, is uh, during sort of the, the heat of the pandemic back in um, um, the summer of 2020, I was in touch with them a lot. And we were talking about ways that Jobber could support the home services industry. Because whether it's it's Jobber or any of the other CRMs out there, they have something that's it's like your credit card processor. They have a lot of information about your business and about the industry in particular. And so they were looking at, and they actually ended up putting a report out of how the different segments of the home services industries were affected by the pandemic. Hmm. In the in the maid area, um, Across the board, just as an average, uh, we saw a close to a 40% reduction in business wow. um, right at, you know, like in the months of April and May. And they, they can see it as it went down and then came back. But they also know even, even today, it's not 100% back. Mm-hmm. Okay? We, we face some issues that, um, that other uh, home service industries don't face. I mean, we are, we are inside the house. It's a yeah. very personal service. And then also most of our, our workers are women. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so we, we face issues where a lot of women have left the workforce. So we have, we have challenges on hiring. Um, so, um, so our industry is, is we're back. Um, I think um, a lot of folks have, you know, made, they pulled the levers they needed to make to stay in business and, and you know, be around. But I think they also sacrificed something, you know, uh, along the way. Maybe they quit spending money on marketing. Maybe they haven't been able to do a team building exercise in a while. They haven't purchased equipment, whatever. But we all, you know, have made those those types of sacrifices. Other home services industries are similar. Some blew it out of the park, okay, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. And this this program does not discriminate whether you're blowing it out of the park or you're just getting started or you're you know suffering a little bit. But in some areas of the country, I know that complete industries were shut down. Yeah. You know, and so um, you know, when they come back, a lot of them don't have employees. I mean, they had to go back and, and rehire and things like that. So it's not even safe to say that in one segment of the country, um, this segment of the industry is blowing it out when in other areas of the country, they couldn't even work for a month or two months. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they all have their issues. So Jobber talked to a, a lot of their customers. Um, I was one of them. And we started talking about things that Jobber could do to support the industry. And what they came back with, and, and we talked again in the fall, 
And they said, what, you know, we, we listened, you know, we talked to several folks and what we decided that we could do to support the industry was to give you money. I said, you know what? I think that's an excellent idea. Money solves a lot of problems mm -hmm. or it gives you the tools you need to solve problems. So they have put together a heck of a program. It's called Boost, B-O-O-S-T, Boost by Jobber. And it's um, they have allotted $100,000 that they are going to give away in the home services industries. Okay. And what's really neat about it is they've come up with, you know, I think, four different categories. So the first category, which I thought was really interesting, is the I want to be an entrepreneur category. And I know a lot of those folks listen to your, yeah. your podcast. And it's, and it's people who they, they've got their, their toe in the water, but they um, haven't bought the right equipment yet, or they haven't made the commitment to leave their job, mm -hmm. and, um, but they want to be entrepreneurs. So that's one category. The other category are you know, sort of the, the newbies. You know, and, and you, know, you and I have both been there where um, in the first three years of business, um, you, you know, you're, you're struggling, you're, you're You've built this business, but man, you're just muscling it. I mean, mm -hmm. that's all you know. Yep. That's that's where you're at. In the uh, in the made business, we call that the valley of despair. You've the valley of despair. You are um, you're trying to hire people. Your your profits are going down because mm -hmm. your expenses are going up. So that's a tough place to be. Years you know one through three, and they've segmented that as a segment. And then they have the mature businesses. So over three years. Um, and so um, they face different issues that, uh, you know, that, that uh, a, new, a new company don't, doesn't face. And then they have another category, which is just pandemic related. It's just an open category. They don't even know what those issues are, but pandemic related. So there's four distinct categories that you can apply for a grant. And the money is evenly split or it's maybe not even, it's split among those four categories. So if you are a, a, a a budding entrepreneur, you're not competing with someone who um, is trying to get some money for pandemic relief. Yeah. Okay. So they're, they're different categories. That's cool. The grants will be between $1,000 and $20,000. Okay. And they've left a big range there because they don't know what the applications are going to look like mm -hmm. because there is no set, like this is all, this is what you can apply for. OK, mm -hmm. um, I mean, during the pandemic, we applied for different grants and, and they were things like to purchase, to, to reimburse you for the extra PPE you had to buy. Because yeah. in, in the main business, we, we buy a lot of PPE just in general. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the things that we buy are nitro gloves and nitro gloves went from fifty dollars a case of a thousand to the most recent ones I bought were almost three hundred dollars. I, I was going to say, I, I, in my mind, I was like, I bet they went to three hundred. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Six hundred percent. Right. <clears throat> yep. So, um, so there've been some grants out there to sort of help our industry in that, in that respect, mm -hmm. but the jobber doesn't care. Jobber says, you tell us what your, um, you know, what your need is. And then, you know, we'll, we'll categorize all those, all those together in in these four categories, and then we'll put the grants out there. Now here's something really important. And we need to talk about this because, because we were talking about jobber, you don't have to be a customer of jobber to apply. Oh, wow. This is open to the home. Good for them. What, what yeah. a good thing that they're doing over there. Probably yeah, I mean, it's truly, they, yeah. their intentions are, you know, are from the heart to help the yeah. industry because, you know, the industry does well, they do well. They recognize that. Mm -hmm. um, and so let's talk about a few things that, that I know you can apply for. Okay. So for the budding entrepreneur, you need equipment. Okay. 
here's a here's a grant that will give you money to go buy equipment so you can get into business. Nice. All right. For the guy from zero to three years, I heard you say this the other day, Bobby, and it's actually almost the same story that that we have. Um, we were, you know, in the in the zero to three year thing, and even though we had tons and tons of experience in other home services type industries, mm. we did not understand the the made business. Yeah, we found some room on a credit card so Tamara could go to the um, the National Association's convention in in Las Vegas. Yep. I, I remember it well because I mean we scraped to go out there. I didn't go. She went out there with a list and said, "I have to figure out how to." which equipment I should be using, what chemicals I ought to be using and how to, to put together a scalable system. And the information that she brought back from that um, industry is a lot of the same information that I shared with you and Melissa, when you were up here, mm-hmm. it, it jump-started our business and got us through sort of the Valley of despair to where we became a real business. Yeah. Okay. So I, I know you, you've talked a lot about that same thing mm-hmm. where going to the, your first meeting was important. Yeah. So, this is a grant that will give you the money to go to one of these national conventions. And, and it's important. Those things are super important, not only for the information that you um, uh, will receive, but also the contacts that you make. And, and this is a, this is a, a, a Bobby Walker story, but after we met at Responsibid, there was part of our industry that I wanted to do more work in, which was window washing. Mm-hmm. Bobby Walker understands window washing. <laughs> so I remember hitting you up on Voxer like the next week. And I said, I want to do window washing, but I don't know how to price it. And you gave me the formula to price it. I put it into our system. And now we sold enough window washing that next year to pay for my trip to responsibility. Awesome. 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 So, so, um, that, and that had nothing to do with what I learned at that, at the first response con, it had everything to learn with the contacts that I made with relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so if you're in that zero to three year phase or even the budding entrepreneur, Putting in money to go to a conference is money well spent. Um, so putting in for a grant for that would be great. Um, for the uh, for the the um, experienced guy, you know, a lot of times people are in business. They've been in business for three to five years. Uh, everything's going well. They need other equipment mm-hmm. to get even bigger um, and to employ people. You know, for whatever reason, uh, they need to be able to purchase other software so they can automate parts of their business. That's a good. That's a good thing to to apply for the grant for, mm-hmm. and then of course on the COVID relief, think outside the box there. Okay, so one of the issues that have come up during the pandemic is people did not have the budget to do maybe some of the team building that they've done in the past. Yeah. So put in some money to take your team on a paintball trip. Okay, that's an allowable. Uh, they're all allowable. Okay, it's only up to your imagination of what you apply for. But that is an example that they have given team building as something that they would like to see their grant being used for. Mm-hmm. Okay. Love it. Probably aren't going to get the twenty thousand. <laughs> probably going to be closer to the one thousand. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, but you can buy some beverages and mm-hmm. you can uh, enjoy a game of paintball for a thousand bucks. Yeah. Okay. So um, so what I really like about this, just to sort of summarize it, is um, there's a category in there for no matter where you are in your business, there's a category for that. Um, second thing is jobber doesn't, they don't care if you're a job or customer, right? Um, so it, it's open to the whole industry. I think that's really important. Yeah. And, and then the and last once thing- again, let's just share some love guys. 
Go check out Jobber uh, if you're looking for a CRM. They at least deserve a look just because of what they're doing for the community and the industry. So again, oh, yeah. Jobber, yeah, I mean, props great to folks. you. Yeah. Um, and, then, um, and then the last thing there is, is you tell them what you want to use the money for. Mm-hmm. Okay, not not they're not going to tell you what to use the money for. So think outside the box. If there's a if you haven't been spending money on marketing and advertising because things have been tight, here's a way to get a little boost for for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so any of those are really really uh, important things that that you can spend the money on. So think outside the box and apply. Um, one of the reasons that I'm on your show is because I know a lot of the folks that listen to your, to mm-hmm. your podcast, they're all friends of ours yeah. just because they listen here. I want one of my friends to get this money. Mm-hmm. So we're going to, I'm going to do this show. I'm going to do a couple more um, over the next year. Now there's some time frames we need to talk about. I mean, I'm sorry, over the next uh, week, the time frames are you have until May 5th to apply. Okay. Okay. And I think you're going to drop a link of, of how to yep, apply. I'll- yeah, so everyone listening, the link's going to be in the show notes. So if you're, you know, whether you're listening on iTunes or, or whatever podcast player you're uh, using, just look in the description of the show and there'll be a link in there that you can click on and apply yeah. with. So um, now let's talk about the application, right? You're thinking, man, this is going to be a huge application. The application has two questions. I think there's a little bit of follow up. It takes less than five minutes to fill out the application. So take that excuse off the table that you don't have time to fill it out mm-hmm. because we're not applying for PPP money here. We're applying for a grant you know, that doesn't have to be repaid. Okay. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure everybody understands that. Um, and it's going to take less than five minutes to, to fill out the application. So, um, but one of the big things that Jobber said when we first started talking is they, they asked me, said, how easy is it to go get a, a bank loan in the home services industry? And I said, um, that's almost impossible, especially when you're starting out. I was say, it's been difficult for me. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was at been the in beginning. business for a long time. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, and, and basically, if you have assets, if you go buy a new vehicle, yeah, you can probably get financing on that vehicle. Mm-hmm. But again, in our industry, our, our assets are our uh, employees mm-hmm. and some vacuums, you know, and some cloths. I have nothing for them to to um, to leverage, you know, their loan on. So a loan in our industry is very, very difficult to get. Here's a way to get money with no, you know, don't have to repay it. If nothing else, take a few minutes and think about if you know, just just dream for a minute. You know, we do it every time the 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 lottery gets over hundred you know million dollars. Mm-hmm. If I had ten thousand dollars, what would I do with it? Yeah. Okay. And whatever that is, apply for that from the Boost by Jobber um, uh, program because you may get it. Mm-hmm. If nothing else, the exercise of thinking about what you would do with an extra ten grand is worth it in itself. Agreed. Yeah. Good stuff. But anyway, I, I really appreciate you letting me come on and talk about that, Bobby. I'd love to, to come back and you pick a topic. We'll talk about it. Yeah. Um, well, let's, okay. let's do this, the next one and let's do it relatively soon. You know, let's yeah. get, you know, let's here in the next month or so. Let's, uh, let's do one talking about the beauty of recurring businesses. I think that would oh, yeah. be a great topic for the listeners. So. Yeah. It'll, it'll, it'll make you, it'll make you start thinking how, well, first of all, you're going to understand why everything has a subscription now, mm-hmm. you know, yep. I mean, I was looking at one last night, um, just surfing around and you can get 
a subscription to close. Now I knew that they already had programs like, you know, instead of having a, you know, a woman having to buy a special dress to go to, um, you know, a special event like a wedding or a prom or something, you could rent that. Right. But this is the first time I've seen this. You could actually subscribe to um, a wardrobe. Okay. And they will send you like three boxes a month so that you're wearing cool and hip clothes. Now, I'm not a prospect for that because yeah. there's nothing cooler hip about me. <laughs> Give me a tank but, top one and I'm in. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Tank top of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll give you even one that's even even stranger than that. Driving through Atlanta the other day, a billboard pops up and you can get a subscription for the Porsche of your choice. What? Yeah. And when you get tired of driving that one, you get a different one. You just get another one, huh? That's awesome. That's right. <laughs> so the subscription business is here. Yeah. People understand the subscription business. That is nothing but recurring revenue. Yep. And if you do nothing else but try to think about how you can take your your company, your industry, and find some recurring revenue in there, um, that's a good exercise in and of itself. Yeah, love it. You know, it's actually, I look at my, I got my little uh, action plan here for the for the quarter here, and uh, one of the books on my list is the Automatic Customer, which is yeah, I don't know if you've read uh, yeah, that, I've read it. It's, it's great. It's yeah. a it's a very good book. And it's actually one of the things that said, I need to sell this handyman business. Yeah. Well, that's, um, I'm a, you know, so for those listening, if you're wanting to, uh, I haven't read this book. I I started it once, didn't finish it. So, uh, but it's been recommended uh, by a couple of people that have been doing great with subscription services. So I'm reading it with the plan of trying to add some subscription stuff to my pressure washing company. Yeah, it doesn't have to be, you know, it doesn't have to be the core part of your business. It can yeah. just be something else. Yep. I mean, I've seen things like, um, I mean, really stuff that you would never think of, but um, like dog watching, mm-hmm. okay. Um, where they just pay you $20 a month and they can come have their dog washed as many times as they want to. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Um, there's a lot of breakage in that, not breakage of the dogs, obviously, but um, <laughs> there's a lot of breakage where people don't use it. Yeah. You know, so, it's like a gym. It's, it's just like a gym, right? Yeah, that's yeah, right. You know, that's that's uh, that's that's probably one of the best. We should probably just start a gym, man, because everyone signs up and then they don't use it, and you don't have any uh, wear and tear. I think and- was it you that were going like let's start a gym, but don't actually have a physical. Yeah, location. yeah, <laughs> say, yeah, yeah. That's it. I like that. I like that concept. I mean, the fact that I remembered that shows you that was. I was like, write that down. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think the idea. I've. I can't remember it. I don't want to steal someone's idea. I can't remember if I saw someone else talk about it or if it was my own idea. But it was like, you know, let's. Here, here's the 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 business idea is in January, we we're gonna start a gym uh, membership program where there's no physical gym, so that way people can just sign up and feel good about doing something we just we just need some really good <laughs> but like, we know they're not going to show up anyway. that people can just very easily click on it post to your facebook page yeah they can check in say yeah, I'm here. Like, hey, <laughs> hey you know i just joined this gym if you want to join you know you get yeah. off you know that kind of stuff i love it i love it i love it so well royce listen uh now uh, you got stuff going uh, do you have anything aside from the grant that you'd like people to uh, go check out or or look at or anything like that no right now i'm i'm I, I'm refocusing ourselves on our business because we've had a change in the last three mm-hmm. months where, you know, we're on the road now. So we, we, it, it's almost, it's a little bit of an experiment where we put everything in place, then we started using it. And then now we're refining a couple little pieces to it. Nice. So, um, and you know, I have a habit, which is a terrible habit, which is breaking stuff that's working, um, so that you can get it working better. Yeah. And, um, um, so I, I think we probably have broken a couple of things that we didn't probably need to do, but, yeah. 
Um, but the whole goal here is to come out of it, you know, a lot better. Um, but I, you know, the, the, if I just left everybody with a few words of advice about our business is find ways to, like we were talking about to anticipate customer service, that'll take you a long yeah. way. Anytime you think of something that you want to do, try to figure out how you're going to do that a hundred or a thousand times. If you can't figure out a way to do it a hundred or a thousand times, then it better be a really good, there better, there better be a lot of ROI on it. If it's going to be a special one-off mm-hmm. um, because in these industries, you got to find ways to scale and scaling is not going to be like McDonald's. We're not going to put 45 locations out there. We're going to have to scale from within where um, we find ways to grow our business and train people and, and do things, you know, and I, this is one I'll, I'll tell you that um, was one of the big things that came out of the pandemic for us is we have been paying for the subscription, like the gym, we're not even using it um, for a software called Trainial. and Trainial, I, I, you see a lot of ads for Trainial yeah. in our, on our groups and stuff. Um, and basically Trainial is a way to create a training system that sort of mimics an operations manual. Mm-hmm. We put all of our um, orientation and all of our training on uh, in Trainial now, so that when we hire somebody, so we we hire somebody today, um, we send them the training. They don't even they don't even show up at our office until they've completed the whole orientation in the in the the, the first two days of training. Okay, there's no, you know, we're not taking lunch breaks and you know all other kind of breaks and mm-hmm. people talking on the phone and we're getting dragged away. So about two days of training only takes about five hours for them to complete. They can complete it on their cell phone. Um, and it's, I can see that they completed it. And so now we're getting people in on day one that go out in the field. Mm-hmm. So they're, you know, they're not, they can't do the job yep. because they have sort of the book knowledge, um, but they know yeah. what the job is. So we're getting better prepared, better trained people. But the big thing is, especially right now in a very, very, very tight labor market, is we're not spending a lot of time, and we have a lot of over o- turnover in the maid business. You know, hopefully in your in your business you don't. We've done well, but it it's we're still a low barrier to entry, you know, thing too. Yeah. So we we have our our similar problems. Yeah. So um, but but we don't we don't have a big time investment of really our time, which is you know probably the most valuable of the time, um, or our manager's time in training people that aren't going to make it. So we, we do all of that before they ever get here day one. Now we pay them, we pay them for, for their time. They keep a timesheet as part of the training is that you learn how to go into jobber and, and, you know, adjust the timesheet. Um, but, um, but then on day one, they, they come in and they're, they go out in the field. Yeah. So that was another great thing. So find ways that you can think outside the box and automate things. So you do it once, probably going to take you mm-hmm. 10 times as long to do it that time, but you're going to do it a hundred times yeah, over. You just do it one. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. I, we haven't built ours out all the way, uh, but we've got like our core services uh, built out with uh, training videos. The same thing you're talking about. And it's huge because, you know, we make a requirement. All new hires have to watch them before their first day. So they got to watch all the videos. That's right. So when they're out in the field with a, their trainer, they already, you know, they, we couldn't just cut them loose and let them do the work on their own, but they already have a good understanding of what's going on. And the trainers love it because it slows the trainer down less 
because the person already has a general yeah. idea. So yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's a great, that's a great bit thing, of advice. You know? yeah. um, so it's, um, and, and, you know, and circling back, cause um, you know, we both love responsive. Mm-hmm. This is what responsive does. Yep. You do it one time, you take the time and set it up yep. and it does it every day, no matter what. And like, I was talking to Kurt one time and I said, man, I said, you know, we used to get these people call up and I'll, I'll just give you an example. I got a big heart, you know, elderly woman calls up and says, you know, I need to get my house cleaned. Um, it's just a small house. It's 1200 square feet. Um, and I'm like $75 yeah. you know I mean? on the phone. I'm <laughs> melted down, you know, yeah. and uh, response to <clears throat> goes, thank you for, you know, filling out the uh, yeah. form $125. Yeah. It's yep. what she still clicks accept. Yeah. So, you know, we really took, um, a lot of, uh, uh, we took our minimum way up simply because there wasn't a human being on the phone mm-hmm. adjusting the price Yeah. You know, based on what we thought they could pay or what we would, you know, feel free. You can always go back and, you know, throw in something for free, you yeah. know, for folks like that, or even do a free one every once in a while, if you really need to. But I heard someone say at one time, they said responsibility doesn't have a soul. You know, yeah. Like, so responsibility doesn't have feelings. Or it does have feelings. Yeah. It, yeah. it just, it does the job and, and does it right every time. So. Yeah. So we're both big believers <clears throat> in automation and, yeah. um, and it really does change yeah. your business. So if you're, if you're looking for things like that, um, you, you know, that's, that's your, that's your next step. That's how you go from, you know, in, in your first, in your first year, you're just, just trying to figure it out. And you, maybe even your second year, you're still trying to figure it out. But man, by that third year, you should really be focused on uh, automating as much of your business and yep. systematizing it as you can. Agreed. 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 Well, Royce, thanks a million. Don't leave. I want to chat, uh, chat with you for a second yeah. before, uh, when we go off air here, but Thank you so much. I can't wait to have you back on. Uh, and I just want to brag on you again. You're a phenomenal friend. You're just a great person. And uh, the world needs more people like you. So thank I'm you. I'm blushing, man. Don't say it. <laughs> and, uh, and, and everyone that's listening, guys, thank you for listening to the show. Uh, don't forget, go listen. If you can hear my voice, click on the link and go fill out the grant. You have nothing to lose except for five minutes. Uh, and it's a good exercise to think. Yeah. What would I do if I had a hundred? I mean, if I had ten thousand extra dollars? Yeah, yeah. It's five minutes of your time. That's that. That's the only risk that you got. Fill it out. You might win big, and and if you don't, that's okay. Someone's going to. There's a lot of goodwill. Jobber. Props to you guys for for being good people. And everybody, remember, if you're not doing the things that you want to do in life, you better have a damn good reason for it. But if you're not pursuing them, there's no good reason. Peace.